Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Anybody remember what happens in Faith School? <laughs> My spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It is good to win. It is good to receive. It is good to overcome the enemy's attacks against you. It's wonderful to uh, fulfill and, and accomplish the plan of God for your life. All of this takes faith. And faith is not this uh, mystical, unknowable thing that some people have imagined. It's very knowable. And God's not hiding this from us. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So it wouldn't be just of Him to say, you've got to have faith or I'm not going to be pleased with anything you do unless you do it in faith, and then say, but I can't tell you about faith. That's too, too, too mystical. <laughs> no, he has revealed it to us in many different places and ways, and that's what faith school is about, is us finding out what he has revealed to us. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom. Let's release faith to get it today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for anointing, utterance, grace, direction, and help, answers for right now. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been looking all uh, this week and, and the past week in, in faith school class about the healing uh, in the epistle of Philippians of a man named Epaphroditus. And we've seen a lot about it. If you, you're just now joining us, we're at the end of this study. Go online to faithschool.org and you can get all the previous lessons. There's no charge for it. And it'd help you. Class, do you think it'd help them to hear the previous parts? They think you should go back and, and see it. Uh, I do too. Uh, in verse 25, I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, and your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants, or that's usually translated needs. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because that you had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, near unto death, but God had mercy on him. We decided yesterday we really liked that phrase. Amen. Hallelujah. Because, you know, God never changes. If he, if he used to show mercy, he still shows mercy. And he's no respecter of persons. If, if he would do that for them, he'll do that for us. Do you believe that or not? And when you say, and you hear sometimes people say, well, you know, healing's not for everybody. You just got through saying mercy's not for everybody. Because healing's a mercy. In our study of these accounts, we saw that nearly half of those 20 accounts, either compassion or mercy was specifically referred to in their healing. So it's obviously a big thing. And when, you, and when they said, Lord, have mercy on us without exception, 
Everyone that called and asked for mercy from the Lord left healed. Everyone. And yet they're, what are they asking for when blind Bartimaeus says, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. What does he want? He wants to see. Well, why didn't he just ask for that? He did. <laughs> because healing is a mercy. Not something that's owed to you, not something you deserve, not something you can earn, and yet something God can give you just as a free gift, as a mercy. He's still showing mercy today. It's of His mercies that we're not consumed. It's because of His mercies, we're still going strong today. Isn't that right? Well, He's already showing mercy to you. He'll show mercy to you in the area of your healing, in the area of your uh, deliverance, in the area of your provision. So it said uh, God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also. And what a truth that is. Think about it the other way. Epaphroditus has braved this journey of, um, you know, 800 to 1,000 miles. And he got there and he brought these things to Paul. And what if he had died then while he's there and never made it back home? Wouldn't that be an additional grief to the whole church back there and to him? Does Paul want him to not make it back home because of his trip to him? No. In talking about that, go to, hold your place here, go to 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. I want to remind you about uh, how things were, and they're still this way today, even though we've got improved infrastructure and travel, still, a lot of these things are still the case. He mentioned in 2 Corinthians 11, in verse 26, I'm reading from the NIV, he said, I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, or that's the heathen, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. That's a lot of danger, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> what the King James says? Perils, perils, danger. This world is a dangerous place. It is. You need help down here to make it through for very long. You need protection, don't you? And God is our protection. You've got to cooperate with Him. You need to work with Him, not against Him. And he, he mentions this. He said, I have labored. Verse 27, I've labored and toiled. I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Well, can you see just that exposure? You could get sick and die, right? I mean, if you got too cold, sleeping out on the side of the road and a storm came in that nobody was expecting and you got no shelter and anything, I mean, you could get pneumonia. You, you could die from that. Many have. So... It sounds very likely that that was the case with Epaphroditus. Go back to Philippians and, and notice Philippians 2. He said, you heard that he had been sick and he was sick near unto death. 
But God had mercy on him. Not just on him, but had mercy on me. And he was saying basically on you too, on all of us, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. He finds out that they're relieved. They're not being concerned about him anymore. Uh, it's a good ending. It's a happy ending to, to this whole account. He goes on to say, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death. He wasn't just foolishly exposing himself. He wasn't just needlessly risking his life. He was doing it to complete his mission, to fulfill what the church wanted to do for Paul in helping him. Well, you know, they don't want him over here in this damp jail cell with no decent clothes to stay warm or no food. They don't want him to get sick and dying over there either. And so Epaphroditus is willing to, to take all this risk and be exposed to all. Uh, don't you think the same thing would apply to him as Paul was talking about? Dangers in travel, danger, right? Danger, danger, danger all around. Yet, knowing that, he embarked on the trip anyway. And the whole thing was a great success. But he about died. <laughs> right? He about died. What was the rest of that verse though? But <laughs> I think y'all got this. Good, good deal. Yeah, if we had a pop exam here on, on but God, you would get it. You would get it. But God had mercy on him. Oh, isn't that the story of our life? That's the story of our existence. We, we all missed it. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were on our way to judgment and hell. But, but God had mercy on us, sent Jesus, and by his mercy he paid the price. He redeemed us. And now instead of going to hell, we're going to heaven. Our name's in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody say, but God had mercy on us. Had mercy on us. And he says... Concerning those willing to, to sacrifice like this, willing to expose themselves, he said, uh, receive him with all gladness and hold such in reputation. He's telling them, this is a big deal, and this should be respected, and this should be honored. Not, not treated trivial, not treated like it's nothing. Ah, oh, you know, yeah, it was no big deal. We went over there and dropped some stuff off. No, no, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. He about died doing it, but it was worth it. It was worth it. There are things in life for the kingdom worth sacrificing big, worth sacrificing, worth it costing you dearly, worth dying for. Are there or not? There are. The Lord still has. His martyrs in our generation. Uh, you don't hear about all of it, but there are a lot of places in this uh, world today, in countries today, in societies today. Uh, you, you get saved, you confess Jesus, you are out. You are cut off from your family, and if you come back and try to preach Jesus, you, you're likely dead. And people are doing it anyway. Anyway. 
because people are still hearing it and believing it. And there's underground places. And there, huh? Is it worth it? Yes. Is it worth it? It is worth it. There's so many things people are giving their life for that's not worth it. They're giving their time and even sacrificing for. But the things of God are worth it. So he said, hold such in reputation. Honor such. You know, the Bible tells us this. To, uh, to give honor to those to whom honor is due. And the Lord said, you know, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. And if you receive the one who sent, you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. Talking about the Father. The Lord's big on delegation. And he takes it personally, what you do for his. In Matthew, you, many of you know it, but we can take the time to look at it again. Uh, Matthew 25, Matthew 25, the Lord was telling how things are going to transpire at the end of this age, in the end of the world, and in the time when judgment comes. He said, verse 34, Matthew 25, 34, Then the king will say to them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison. And you came to me. Isn't this exactly what Epaphroditus did? Isn't this exactly what he did? He came and he visited Paul in prison. And no doubt, even if he had some stinky prison food, he was hungry for something good. And he might have even been just hungry. I don't know. But he probably fed him. Probably gave him some good clean water some good clean clothes. All of this is what Jesus is talking about. And here he says that they will say, well, Lord, when did we visit you? When did we feed you? He said, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus, did Jesus take personally what Epaphroditus did for Paul? Yes. He did. And, of course, it wasn't just Epaphroditus. The whole church helped put this together and fund it. And I guess, you know, helped pay for his trip, his travel, his ticket for the ship and whatever kind of thing that was involved in that. So they had a part in that. But this is real. Can we still do this today? Is this still going on today? Is the gospel still being preached? Are men and women still called and anointed of God and going to all manner of places doing these things and holding services and having meetings and starting churches and supporting churches. It's happening. And it's the most important thing happening on the planet. And if you just give a cup of cold water to somebody that's involved in this, that belongs to the Lord, he said, there's no way you will lose your reward for that. Oh, the Lord has a memory. I said, the Lord has a memory. He never forgets. He's not unrighteous to forget what you do for His. We saw those people that the Scripture said a couple of classes ago that they had addicted themselves 
to the ministry of the saints. Do you have that addiction? If you don't, you ought to get it. Is that right? And addicts, they can't go long. They need their fix. Is that right? And if you're addicted to the ministry of the saints, ministering to the saints, to God's people, is your fix. You don't go very long until you're thinking, who can I help? I need a fix. Who, who can I give to? Who can I help? Why? Because there is nothing that satisfies like being a part of accomplishing the will of God. Being a part of fulfilling God's plan, His eternal plan, being a part of building His kingdom, His church that will last forever, man, there's nothing else compares with that. Nothing else carries that kind of weight, that kind of value. Nothing else even begins to last like that. Are you open to being more involved yes. in these things? Then let me lead you in the prayer right now. Say it out loud, Father God. Here am I. Use me. I make myself available. Everything I have, everything I can do, or have access to, and everything that you will give me. I'm glad to be a vessel, to be used of you, to help others, and do things like this like this man did, and in ministering to others, actually minister to you. I claim more. I claim more resources, more ability, plenty of strength, and money, and stuff to do this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, here's another reason. It's not God's will for you to be sick. Right? If you're sick, you can't travel a thousand miles. Right? And haul stuff and feed people and, and bring clothes and support. And, and You can't do all that. You've got to have strength. You, if it takes other people just helping you to survive, then you're not able to do this for others. It takes a certain amount of healing and soundness and strength and soundness of mind and resources to just be able to do this. Does God want you strong? Yes. Really strong. Yes. Strong in your spirit. Strong in knowing Him. Strong in faith. Strong in your body. Strong in your pocketbook. Yes. Right? Yes. So that you can go where He wants you to go. Do what He wants you to do. Anytime. Any place. And bring a smile. To some saint, some believer, some brother, some minister, some apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher's face. Just the moment. They were needing something. And here you show up. I said, here you show up. And maybe it's not with three donkeys, but it's in your vehicle. It's in your suitcase or electronically. You can wire stuff. You can, you can do things. But the truth is the same. The principle is the same. God uses people just like you. Just like me. He doesn't need somebody that has everything. He can get that to you. He's got, he got no shortage of resources. He can get any amount of money to you. Any amount of, 
of ability and access and things. What there is a shortage of is people that will listen to him. People that are available to him. People that will do what he directs when he directs. Are you one of those, yes. child of God? How many would raise a hand and say, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm, I belong to the Lord. I belong. Say it out loud again, Lord. I am yours to command. Everything I am. Everything I have. Everything I will have. I place under your hand. At your control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you're serious about that, you will get instructions. <laughs> you will get direction. And it is such a thrill. Phyllis and I have been living like this for uh, some 40 years now. And there is no more exciting life on the planet. Uh, but what will happen is you'll have a bunch of resources come in and then he'll direct you how to distribute it. And then they'll all go out. Next thing you know, well, there's not much left. Yeah, but here a bunch comes in. And there's one thing about a pipe that's always flowing water through. It's also always full. Did you hear that? The pipe that always has a full stream flowing through it is also always full at any given time. But you don't want to be a stagnant pond, do you? Stagnant ponds are stinky. You don't want to be stinky. Huh? You don't want to be stinky. No, what does that mean? What's stinky? Well, you just hoard and it stops with you and you're scared to do anything. And so you dam it up. And it just sits there stagnant. You know, all the stuff in this world is very temporary. Everything around you, clothes, buildings, cars, machines, it's all in the process of wearing out. Right now as we speak, it's getting old. Right? Everything. So it, it has no permanent value because it only lasts a short amount of time. So the only good use of it is it benefiting someone, helping someone, helping someone accomplish something good. Then it takes on more than its material value. It takes on spiritual value. God smells it as a, a, a fragrance, an acceptable and well-pleasing thing to him. Notice what he goes on to say here in Philippians 2. He said, uh, receive him. Therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Whatever you make a big deal out of, your kids, even if they're little ones, four years old, five years old, they notice they are paying attention to everything you say and do. They can be under the coffee table pushing around a toy and hear every word you said on the phone. <laughs> they are, they're sharp and they're like a sponge. And what the Lord wants us to do, ministers should make a big deal out of the right things. And believers should make a big deal. And then our young ones under us, they're seeing what's important and what's not important. What's worth sacrifice, what's not worth sacrifice. And it, one of the greatest things we could learn in life is what's important and what's not. What's God and what's not. What's worth effort and what's a waste of your time. And so he said, hold such in reputation. He said, because for the work of Christ, he was near to death, not regarding his life 
Nothing that helped accomplish the will of God was a waste. Uh, I, I was uh, asking the Lord some years ago about a budget on a particular thing and about if that was too much. And uh, he actually said to me, he said, uh, you can't spend too much to accomplish the will of God. <laughs> now, if it wasn't the will of God, no matter how great a deal you got on it, the whole thing was wasted. Can you see that? But if it actually accomplished the will of God, money is of such little value compared to that that you couldn't spend too much. Can you see that? There was no cost or no effort that was too much because the will of God was worth it, it worth so much more. And the result, go back over to the fourth chapter there of Philippians. The result was fullness, fullness and mission accomplished. In Philippians 4, 18, he said, I have all and abound. I am full. Now, who is hearing this? The church at Philippi is hearing this letter. Did that bless them? Yes. What's Paul saying? Man, I'm set. You guys have set me up. I got clothes. I got food. I got money. I'm in great shape. I received of Epaphroditus. But in other words, everything you sent, everything was sent from you. It's a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God, a fragrance of sweet smell. And I want you to know my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Is this a good story? Yes. Huh? Adventure, challenge, healing, provision, mission accomplished. Wonder why the Lord had it recorded for us, for us to do the same thing. Is that right? Over and over and over. Our time's up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you again soon back here in faith school. I've enjoyed being with you again this week in faith school. Uh, they're so, so rich, these passages about faith for healing. We, we talked about uh, seeing the mercy of God manifested for healing and God's mercy for forgiveness, God's mercy for healing. It also includes mercy for finances. I know some years ago, Phyllis and I got behind and, and made some foolish decisions and our finances were in a mess, but we cried out and asked God for mercy. And man, within just several months, he had totally straightened that thing out for us. And, and not that we deserved it. We are the ones that messed ourselves up, but he's merciful. I'm praying for you. Receive mercy in your finances today. Father, we ask for mercy. I ask with my partners and the, everybody watching, mercy, we know we, we don't deserve it, but, and we know we've made mistakes, but that's what mercy is for. We ask you for mercy for our finances, mercy for our material and uh, things and, and our provision. And we ask for it, and by faith we lay hold of it. Thank you for having mercy on us. Uh, watch and see how quickly things will turn around and how God will begin to do things from this place and from this place. He is a merciful God, even when you do dumb things. Come back with us again soon. Uh, Faith School is going to continue, and we're going to grow 
from grace to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.